My name is Sarah Inglis, and I'm a certified integrative health coach. I help people thrive in their bodies and reclaim the help they've always wanted. Each week, I interview people who have a passion for health. You'll hear from health experts, farmers, herbalists, doctors, chefs, and many more. My hope is that they'll inspire us all to tune into our gut and notice how lifestyle and food impact us. Manette is a health and wellness coach who works with clients through balancing the gut microbiome. Her doctorate in linguistics has allowed her specialty in language to expand to the language of the gut and how the gut communicates. Manette works with clients to heal GERD, IBS, dysbiosis, heartburn, bloating, weight gain, mood disorders, anxiety, chronic fatigue, chronic inflammation, sleep issues, to name a few. By balancing the microbiome and populating your unique microbiome with beneficial bacteria through the ingestion of probiotics and prebiotics from real organic fermented foods, your body naturally knows how to heal by allowing the microorganisms to do the job of communicating to all parts of our body to keep us in our optimal condition. Manette will address the difference between probiotics that come in supplements such as a pill or a special refrigerator in a store versus fermented foods. She will discuss the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic and how the postbiotic is key to the production of SCFAs, short-chain fatty acids, such as butyrate. She will discuss how the magic of the SCFAs communicate throughout the body to keep one's optimal health and metabolism. Manette is also the founder and CEO of Moon Chi, a food company based in California that encourages conscious, clean consumption and a love for our planet with organic, plant-based foods that have specific health benefits. Most of their products are made from upcycled ingredients of local, organic, cold-pressed juicers. They hope to increase awareness of the impact food choices have on our health and our planet. Oh, well, I'm so very excited to be meeting you and talking with you, Manette. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you and honored. Oh, well, what you're doing, I think, is really amazing. So the first question I'm really curious to ask you is that when you started your diving into pro-gut foods, I might call them, was that intentional or was it more that you were just looking, not just, but looking for healthy foods to help you with your sciatica. Were they linked oh together from the very beginning or was it an evolution? It's so interesting. Such a great question. I love this question, Sarah. So they were in parallel. What was happening was I was struggling with a sciatica nerve and my doctor had said, oh, Four kids, this is what happens. You have an inflamed sciatica, you're going to have to live with it, but I can give you cortisone shots. And I said, oh, I don't do those. And then he said, well, you're going to have to figure out how to live with it then. Well, at that point, I started to explore what it would be like to eliminate foods that cause inflammation, eliminated them, and within two weeks, Sarah, 
the pain, the intense pain disappeared, just completely exited. In the meantime, my mom was struggling with Parkinson's and she was having trouble with constipation. So at this point, I realized that, wow, food is really healing. And is there a way that I could help her with her condition? So they're kind of related in the sense that I really started working with food as the possible answer, going to the source of the problem through the use of organic foods. And while I was healing myself, I was making these snacks that were based out of plants and real organic ingredients with no sugar, because for me, it was the sugar that was causing the inflammation. And then I was helping my mom at the same time get over her constipation. And instead of just treating the symptom by giving her these different pharmaceutical kale pectate and laxatives and all of that, I decided to go to the source and really go into her gut and see what we could do to help her there. Oh, that is, that's amazing that it happened so quickly, I think, for you by eliminating sugar. That's definitely one of the very first things that I coach my clients on is Read the ingredients, notice if there's sugar. Sugar is not, refined sugar is not a real food. I mean, exactly. A doctor told me that if it was manufactured today for the first time, it would be considered a controlled substance. Yes, I've heard the same thing. Which is jaw-dropping. But Right, but that it's seven times more addicting than cocaine. So, of course, you know, it's fallen in that category. Yeah. But that's amazing that you did it so quickly or you had that quick of a response in your body. That's what was so astounding to me. And that's where I really thought food is amazing. So it can harm us that quickly, and can it also heal us that quickly. Mm-hmm. So if we see it and pick up a piece of food and get familiar with what it is its functional benefit, it's amazing what it can do to heal. So were you connecting it to the gut at that time or just realizing that like Hippocrates, food is thy medicine? <laughs> at that point, it was just food is thy medicine. But then as I was working with my mom, I realized that so many of her issues were resulting and beginning in the gut. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized that I was fixing her through the gut, there were little things that were helping her as well. And I thought, this is amazing. And she asked that I start a company. And I said, no, mom, I'm doing this for you. And then, but she started giving it to her friends. And her friends, she was living in a um, village of elderly, and they started getting better as well. And they all started getting off of their pharmaceuticals. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Whoa, that's incredible. Going back, so you're making all these foods. Did you always have a passion or a love of cooking? I mean, was that, did that come naturally? And did you just gravitate towards certain ingredients or? That's a great question, Sarah. Yes, I always have loved cooking. That was my connection with my mom. It was my place of peace. Every day after school, I came home and I would start chopping the vegetables and the garlic and the ginger. So I was very familiar with making food. I was not familiar with making probiotic fermented foods. That became a very big passion of mine as I realized the power of their healing. But 
yes, to answer your question, it was my mom who gave me the passion for cooking. And it's crazy. I even went on a a food, what do you call it, cooking contest. And it was completely not, you know, the healthy foods at all. But it was something that had to do with my culture, uh, which is a, a Chinese background. So I made dumplings on the cooking show and ended up winning $25,000. And I thought, wow, this is crazy. I think I'm supposed to be working with food. Wow, I would say so. That's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. It is amazing. But that was my very first start and realization that I really needed to be in this space uh, working with food. Mm. Well, I would say that was... Big validation, winning the cookie. (laughs) (laughs) It was a shock. So uh, up until now, when I recommend that my clients add fermented foods to their diets, and then I look around and go, "Uh, where do they buy them? Now, I'm back on the East Coast now. I'm no longer in California. but, But in California, did you find it easier Is that one of the reasons you got into the cooking, too, that they weren't so easy to find or ones that you liked or? No, it actually is interesting, Sarah. I myself was not a fermented food eater. Um, I, I had a lot of Korean friends. I would eat their kimchi whenever I would go visit. But it wasn't something that I did on a regular basis at all. And really, this journey began with my mom and trying to create a fermented drink for her because she was at that point not eating very well. And so the drink that I chose was kefir because I kept hearing all these wonderful benefits that kefir had. Well, in the meantime, she and I are lactose intolerant and I also was turning vegan and I knew that I didn't want to make something out of dairy. So this is my beginning of my journey. I started wanting to make a kefir that was not dairy. And I actually took me a whole year to train these kefir grains. So technically kefir eats dairy and I didn't want to use dairy. So I started training these little grains to eat organic coconut milk and they would die. And then there would be these one little survivor and I would take that one. It took me a whole year and I just kept making these survivors and now I have a whole bunch of these really strong survivors who love organic coconut milk. Wow. So explain to me, what is that process? I mean, so what did you start with? Did you did you start with fear? What what do you call it? Those little, I know yes. I looked online yes. and pictures of it, but yes, from yes. they kind of milk? look like clumps, yeah, clumps of, of cottage cheese. Yeah. Yes. They're little colonies of these microorganisms. And they they have been passed down from generation to generations from thousands and thousands of years ago. And they think that the origin came from the Caucasus Mountains. And that then was passed on generation after generation. So every time you get a original kefir grain, it's coming from another generation. And so every time you make a batch of kefir, it generates more. It grows. And you, as these colonies grow, you now can make more kefir. 
Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is amazing. But it didn't and wasn't so wild about the coconut. It was coconut yeah. milk or coconut water. Yes, it was. It was coconut milk. Okay. It was not wild about it at all, and so it, it just kept dying. It kept dying. And then there would be this one little survivor, and I would take that little survivor and I would try again. And then the next time I would have a couple of more. And yeah, it just kept growing and growing. It took me a year to grow a batch. And it was, it's now just a ton. I have so many. It's wonderful. And I'm able to generate so much. So unlike yogurt, where you can actually take the yogurt itself and then make your next batch, you actually have to take the kefir grain and strain it out, save that grain, and start a whole new batch. You're never going to be able to take a kefir that's already made and then put it in coconut milk and expect it to grow. It needs to have the original grains. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, then how do you store the grain? I mean, do you have to store it in That's a great question. Yes. They don't mind being frozen. And they do like to be in the refrigerator. They'll do fine, technically, because it's organic coconut milk. Technically, it doesn't have to be completely refrigerated. But if you don't refrigerate it, it will continue to ferment and you'll just get more than you know what to do. <laughs> oh my God. So, but, but kefir, the original kefir that is dairy based does need to be in the refrigerator. Oh, okay. So yeah, because dairy will go bad. So you are right. I noticed on your website, your cocoa fear is that that's a great yes. name for it. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's wonderful. Thank you. Doesn't have to be refrigerated in that case then? No, it's interesting. It doesn't have to be. It has a longer shelf life than uh, milk. Uh But eventually, if you don't refrigerate it, it will continue to ferment. And in fact, that's the way I make my coconut milk kefir cheese. Uh I make a cheese by aging it. And then that becomes the curds and the whey. So we have a a closed loop production where we start off with the coconut milk cocoa fear. And that is going to be what I call the mother of all of my products. And that has all the wonderful strains of bacteria, the lactobacilli, the bifidobacteria, the lactobacilli, all those strains are in there. Then I age it if I want to make the cheese. And then that cheese separates and it creates a liquid which we call the coconut milk kefir whey. That whey now generates my kvass. I take that whey and I put it with all my beets. And those beets then generate my kvass, which is a wonderful blood tonic. It's a drink. It is, it's just changing people's lives. It's amazing. And then that kvass generates all these wonderful fermented beets and figs. And I use those now to make my salads and my kimchi and all of my additional probiotic, prebiotic snacks. Do you feel overwhelmed with the thought of transforming your health? If the idea of creating a balanced diet, managing stress, and forming new sleep patterns stresses you out, don't worry, I am here to help. As an experienced integrative health coach, I can help you develop signature health strategies that work for your lifestyles and goals. After working with me, my clients have lost weight, improved their sleep, and reversed lifestyle diseases. 
I'm offering three free strategy sessions before the end of the month. Click the link in the description of this podcast to book yours today. Again, with my clients, they come to me thinking that maybe they'll get a quick fix, which it's not. Yes. Healing is not a quick fix. And, and that diet, because there are so many diets out there that pretty much claim that if you just follow this rigorously. Um, so I love that you use the word explore because it is an exploration for each individual. Exactly. It's so bio-individual. Yes, I so, agree, Sarah. Yes. Yeah, so. It is amazing the way it works. And because we're going to the source of the problem instead of treating a symptom, we've been trained to think, oh, symptom overnight, you take the pill, it's going to be gone. But we're trying to actually fix the source of the problem. And so to do that, we really need to go in and allow these little microorganisms to figure it out and realign us with nature. Mm. Wow. So do you have any idea, I guess, I'm just, did you work with labs or, I mean, how did you figure out how to do all of this? Were you from books, from talking, going on, where did you get the information? Yeah, you know, it's such a great question. I think what happened for me, Sarah, was that in my, I did a lot of courses on um, wellness and health, and then I took a gut course out of University of Colorado. And I just learned a lot about how we don't know so much. And a lot of it is about just being curious and trying to figure out what are these little microorganisms and why are they in our gut? And we're talking over 38 trillion microorganisms. And as they are working to benefit us, it's our job to replenish, reignite, rejuvenate the ones that are in there so that we can now balance the gut the balance, the microbiome. And what's happened over the years of all these processed foods and refined sugars is that we've been feeding what we call the inflammatory bacteria or the bad bacteria. And as a result, we were experiencing dysbiosis. It's a very imbalance of the microbiome where we're now having fewer or weaker of the good bacteria, the ones that are the beneficial bacteria. So what we're doing with probiotics, which the the word probiotic actually means pro-life. And when we're putting in pro-life, we're now allowing these microorganisms, which are totally aligned with nature. This is, this Come goes back to when we became, became human beings. We had these microorganisms as part of our nature. And so we're realigning with that nature, allowing nature to do her job, which is to just allow the body to heal on its own through alignment with the chi. So chi is your Chinese life force energy, and the moon is the ultimate alignment with nature. And when we're in line with nature and allowing that healing to take place through trusting that these microorganisms know what they're doing and they're talking to every part of our bodies, every single organ, we don't get sick. It's only when we put in foods that are not organic and foods that are processed by the industry, the food industry, that it's going, whoa. What is it that she just put in there? Oh my gosh, I got to figure out and protect my body. And this body now is going to get a little bit inflamed because all it's doing is trying to protect you. 
And as a result, if we keep putting in those foods that are feeding the bad bacteria, we're going to develop chronic inflammation, and that chronic inflammation is going to result in chronic disease. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. The other thing, I think that's it seems very strange, I think, for many people to think of these microbes inside of our body, these trillions of organisms, yes. and how a lot of them, the bacteria, organize themselves almost into teams to to fight off certain things. And so that's exactly right. Yeah. It's a team sport wrong. in there. <laughs> you want to help the friendly ones to win <laughs> for those people who are competitive. <laughs> It's really true. It's really true. And so you can think about treating a disease or an infection, let's say, with an antibiotic, which is the Western medicine way. And yes, we are grateful that we have such developments in our uh, science. But if you think about what we're actually doing, we're, we're destroying not only the bad guys, but we're really damaging the good guys as well. So the idea of integrative medicine is really to, to strengthen, reinforce the good guys and allow the good guys now to overpower the bad guys. So instead of strengthening the bad guys, every time, like think about a weed coming up through the concrete, those weeds are really strong. And every time you try to kill them with some sort of weed killer, you're going to keep getting them stronger. They're, they're thrivers. They want to make it through the concrete. So it's the same thing. If you're going to kill it with an antibiotic, the bad guys, they're going to thrive again and they're going to make it. Some of them are going to make it. And then, but the problem is, is that we're weakening the good ones. And what are we going to do now to strengthen them? We're going to eat prebiotics. So those prebiotics, and we're going to continue to introduce as many, many strains of the probiotics as well. And that way, we've got the good guys now working in our favor. And the good guys are now going to help really squash the bad guy's power. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the result is hopefully you feel better. Well, I mean, you will feel better. Yes. We know that. And it is pretty quick in many it cases. Not all. Amazing. Yes. It's incredible. I can't tell you. That's probably one of the most favorite things that I do, Sarah, is listen to people's stories, listen to what's ailing them. And as a health and wellness coach, I did find, and this is one of the reasons why I did pursue and continue to pursue the gut, was that so many of my clients were resulting in figuring out what was happening in their gut. So they would show up with depression, they would show up with urinary tract infections, things that not, we didn't necessarily think could be fixed through the gut. But once we fixed the gut, boom, things got better. So all of these ailments are originating in something off balance in the gut. And I think it's so wonderful now that more and more research is available, or yes. also people are publishing it in everyday language that people can understand that the science is supporting it. I mean, people yes. have known this obviously for thousands of years, but we lost our way with the development of civilization for lack of a, for a simple way of explaining it. <laughs> yes, this is so true. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
what what do you you use the word functional food a lot yes. in in on your website i and could you explain what that means for yeah i think it's a really powerful term to you mm, when you're eating you. yes so part of my mission is to really change the way we relate to our food so right now we're experiencing a lot of food cravings and these are the back bad bacteria now actually having a direct communication to the dopamine part of our brain that's asking for more, more cookies, more sugar, more whatever. But when we think functionally, if we can relate to our food and really try to understand what is this particular plant's functional benefit, um, we experience a shift and we're now thinking about how is this food going to help all the 38 trillion microorganisms that I have in my gut. And if you think about nature giving us over 300,000 plants that each of them has a particular functional benefit, you can now combine them, you now can have different ways that we can serve these microorganisms. So every time you're going to be ingesting food, you have to, all you have to do is think, is this food going to help the earth and my body? And what is it that this thing is going to give me? So you think about the beet, for example, you'll see a lot of beets in my products. I love the beet. It's The red beet is blood. You think blood, you think circulation, you think heart. And everything that this beet does is related to improving your heart circulation and all of the arteries that are involved. So it's amazing if you go down the line and, and think about all these different foods and how they have particular functional benefits, you're now going to eat that way. You're feeling tired. What do I do to, to, to feel more energized? I'm feeling like I'm not getting enough sleep. What am I going to do to promote that sleep? Well, there's selenium in the Brazil nut. Let's eat some Brazil nuts. So seeing that the food now can be functionally beneficial to you and you don't have to reach for a pill that's going to just treat the symptom, but you're actually going to the source of the problem. Mm -hmm. That's great. And, and looking at some of the common ailments that people are struggling with, and simplifying it for them or identifying specific foods that exactly. are readily available, I guess, is also yes. important. Exactly. It's not it's not a difficult thing. There are just so many plants. And the more plants we eat, the more the, of the rainbow that we eat, the more strains of bacteria we're feeding. And then we're increasing the diversity of the microbiome and we're allowing the microbiome now to do so many different things. It's amazing. So I have this wonderful uh, woman who has been drinking my kvass for, I'd say, four months now. But she came to me just interested and curious about the product. She really didn't know what it was going to do for her other than improve her microbiome. She comes to me two weeks later after starting, and she goes, wait a minute, is this supposed to be helping me not go to the bathroom? is it supposed to be helping me sleep through the night? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, wow, because it's working. And I said, well, this is wonderful. Tell me, tell me your story. And she said that when she was a little girl, she had been getting up every night to go to the bathroom and they took her to the doctors. They said, you have a small bladder. You will be doing this for the rest of your life. 
Well, they did a study out of Harvard where they looked at people who had to get up to go to the bathroom, and it wasn't from a small bladder or from an aging bladder. It was from missing microorganisms in the microbiome of their urinary tract. And those microbiome, those bacteria are in our all of our products. So what was happening was she was missing certain bacteria, and then we, she was now either reinvigorating them or replenishing them or maybe reintroducing them into her gut. And now this was helping her not have to go to the bathroom. She's in her 80s. She is so thrilled that she doesn't have to wake up and go to the bathroom. Yeah. Isn't that that is wonderful. And I think that's such an important message because the reality is our bodies are constantly changing. Our cells are yes. dying off and, and being reborn, and especially in the gut, that everything changes two to five days, right, on average. Yes. That um, no matter what your age is, yay, <laughs> you, ha- you can, I mean, I feel better now than I did, I'm sure, at other points in my life when I was much younger. Because I have so much more awareness of what I'm putting into my body. I agree, Sarah. I I am that exact same way. And the beautiful thing about the microbiome is that it'll also adjust hormones. So as you age and as our hormones change, instead of trying to fix it with the pharmaceuticals hormones, if you allow yourself to see that these microorganisms are going to recognize that you're going through this change and allow them now to do the job of adjusting you through menopause, through whatever it is that you're going through, we end up not having to do any hormones. We just have to allow them to increase what we might be missing and just allow nature to take its course. Do you find that any particular products that you have or you're creating help with hormone uh, regulation? I think, well, that's a great question because often we don't really know. And I think that's the Western way of approaching. Like, you know what you're dealing with. Give me an answer. The Eastern way of thinking of, of it more about being in harmony with what is in nature. So you put in what is in nature, which is going to be a balanced microbiome, and let them figure it out. So as long as you're giving your microbiome all these different products, you're going to increase the chances that there's going to be something in there that knows how to address hormones. Now you have to think about, well, what are things, what is involved with the hormones? And then you think about your thyroid, what's going to help my thyroid? So there, yes, all of these products, you think about blood for the kvass. Uh, with the cocophere, you think about the lining of your gut because we have core in there, which is going to be a prebiotic that helps enhance the making of the butyrate, which is going to help with the lining of your gut. So now the lining of the gut is no longer going to be causing these little leaks that are going to cause leaky gut into your blood. And then the blood now is going to be contaminated and it's going to cause some inflammation, which is triggering, possibly triggering something in the thyroid to now want to protect itself and cause an autoimmune condition, which now is going to keep you from getting sick, but instead it's attacking your own system. Does that make sense? So that we're now allowing the body to figure it out. That's a really big mind shift. Yes. 
for many, many people. But I also think that a lot of people are at their wits end, especially a lot of women with hormone changes and feeling not themselves or miserable, actually, mm. and and have tried a lot of other approaches and are frustrated. So. Yes. Well, we, even within our line of products, you'll find someone come up and say, oh my gosh, this Cocofer really helped my thyroid condition. I feel so much better. But then you hear someone else come up and say, oh, it was the Kavas. The Kavas changed my thyroid condition. And I feel so much better every time I take that. So it really depends on the bio-individuality of everyone and seeing that not every product is going to have the same impact on your system. And people who struggle with constipation all the time. And people will say, if I take the kvass on a regular basis, I never have any issues. I always poop twice a day. But then I can have another person say, it doesn't do anything for me. I have to do your kimchi. I have to do your bichi. And then it makes me regular. So it really depends on what your bi microbiome is looking for. So then we come back to the whole con well, concept or basic principle of exploring, yes. you know, being open to exploring what your body and in this case, your gut microbiome really needs. Exactly. And being open to take a little step in that direction and try maybe something new. Well, it would be something new. <laughs> exactly. I really, I do want to, I have a, do have a burning question. So when you wanted to come up with healthy snacks, because snacks, Let's face it, that's a big, that's very challenging for many of us because you want something that you can grab that's going to be satisfying and has the right flavor or texture. How did you create snacks? Actually, Sarah, I don't think we're supposed to be eating snacks. Snacks are part of our industrialization of food and the impact it has on our gut. So the industrialization has created these foods that are packed in boxes and have barcodes and expiration dates, a lot of preservatives, a lot of artificial colorings. And as a result, it's impacting the microbiome. And But what it's also doing is it's feeding the inflammatory bacteria that want more. And they want more because the, those processed foods don't have a lot of nutrient, right? So they're nutrient deficient. And what we want to do is really reach for the whole food and have the nutrient-dense foods that are now going to be feeding the good bacteria. So at the time when I started working on the snacks, I was on a industrialized program where I was not aware that I wasn't feeding the good microorganisms enough, the good ones. I was feeding really the bad ones. And you go into uh, a Whole Foods, this is what I did. I went in and I thought, oh, I'm going to make a granola bar. I'm going to make these really nutritious snacks. And everyone had sugar in them, some sort of refined sugar in them. So I thought, wow, I'm going to work on making a vegetable snack that, or a fruit snack that doesn't have any refined sugars. But I was still thinking snack. So what I have now are these things called the bites, and they're called these chews. And what I'm trying to promote with them is not necessarily let's eat this whole jar, but let's listen to the gut. And as we are eating them, most of them are going to be probiotic and prebiotic by using our fermented figs. We're now creating, and we use the peels of a lot of, of our fruits, the banana peels and the orange peels, and we're combining them with these prebiotic fermented 
uh, figs. And in doing that, we're now creating a snack where you actually feel satiated after just a few of them. So it's more thinking about feeding your existing good bacteria as opposed to a snack because we're starving or a snack because we want to satisfy that sugar craving. It's no longer a craving. It's more, wow, I haven't eaten anything for hours. I'm actually feeling really full and happy and energetic. So that's a happy microbiome, a microbiome that can go for hours without food and without ever thinking that we have to have a snack. Right. But we've been trained by this food industry that wants to sell us the granola bars and they want us to buy a bag of chips and another bag of chips. And yeah, and then we're just hooked on them because they're not giving us any nutrient value at all other than feeding the inflammatory bacteria that are always going to want more. Does that make sense? Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Do you find this information helpful? Is there a certain topic you'd like us to cover? Leave us a comment and review about what you'd like to hear. I also find that lots of times it's because their life schedule is dictating. It's not the circadian rhythm that be talking about nature and that they're out of sync with when they should be eating. And that's affecting, of course, everything. For sure. I love that. Oh, I love the idea of bites and chews. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing that you know we named them bites and chews because that's a part of the dietary digestive process. And so often with all these smoothies that everyone's drinking these days, we're missing that step of biting and chewing. So you've heard people say, chew your smoothie. That's because we want that action of smelling the food, chewing the food, promoting the acid production and digestive enzymes in the stomach before the food gets there. And then we don't have the acid reflux. But if we're going to be just gulping it down, gulping the smoothie, and we're not allowing the body and the stomach to know that a food is about to arrive, then we start to have issues because we didn't make smoothies years ago um, as part of our evolution. It really became something as part of our contemporary uh, grab-and-go. So the grab-and-go wants something convenient. They can they can sip it while they're driving. They can multitask while they're doing all the smoothie right. stuff. But really, the body's not used to that. The body really likes biting and chewing. So being conscious that that bite and chew is part of the digestive system. And that reason is because you want the gut now to be making those enzymes and the acid production that's going to help digest that food. Absolutely. And, and, and plus the chewing, I mean, to be consciously chewing yes. to help your body pausing and slowing down to help your nervous system realize, oh, oh, we're supposed to be resting, digesting, creating yes. to actually help our body digest. Yes, exactly. Um, not only with the chemicals that we need to. Mm-hmm. So that's. That's a big one. I can't tell you. I had one client who was amazed at how that changed her, helped to change her sleep pattern. Actually. Wow. Just chewing more at dinner time. Love it. Slowing down and eating consciously. I love yeah. that. Yes, I have so many stories of that as well. People say, oh, I've had acid reflux my whole life. 
And I'll say, well, let's see. Let's try the kvass, which is a drink. Drink it before every meal. It's going to set up your stomach so that you're now getting some acid in there. It's setting it up to be ready for some food. And then we're going to do that. But in the meantime, let's be really mindful of chewing and smelling. See if that makes a difference. And man, acid reflux disappears. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's wonderful. Well, it sounds like you've helped a lot of people, which is so, oh, so wonderful. So incredible. Even people with allergies, which is amazing. You wouldn't think. But allergies, again, are very much associated with the gut. And when there's a misalignment or an imbalance, the allergies way of what's well, the body's way of talking to you. Things are not in balance. So we're going to talk to you through whatever the allergy is. So, you know, I've had people with runny noses all the time. Um, I've had people who are struggling with food sensitivities. And what we're finding is that the more we have a diverse microbiome with all these different strains of microorganisms working for us, we increase the chances that one of those strains are not going to be able to digest the food that they're sensitive to. So think about the food being sensitive and we want to avoid eating it. That's what our natural inclination is. Oh my God, I can't eat garlic. It makes me fart all the time, right? So I'm not going to eat it. Well, in the meantime, you're weakening the strains that are responsible for helping you digest that garlic. So the more you avoid it, the more you're going to have that problem and the more you're going to weaken that strain. But let's say you introduce it little by little through fermented foods, especially since they're easier to digest, suddenly you're going to find, whoa, I just ate a piece of garlic and I didn't have any problem. And so it's like slowly allowing your body to have all the strains that are supposed to be there, allowing them to get strong by eating the right prebiotics. And then suddenly you're now going to be able to eat pretty much everything. Isn't that great? Right. Which is, yeah, which makes life much more pleasurable as well. Totally. Right? Who wants to be eating the same? Well, some people, I guess, suppose. But but the variety of life is quite Yes, and people will say, I used to be able to eat. I can't eat it now. And well, let's train the gut because what's happened over time. Yes, over time, things change in the gut, just as you said. Things change as we age, but it doesn't mean that we have to go down the path of as we age, things get worse. No, as we age, we just have to keep adding new stuff, keep bringing in the diversity, keep allowing our bodies to know that they're all sources of probiotics and that it's through the food that we really want to consider those live cultures and not through strains that are synthesized by our pharmaceutical industry. There's a very big difference. Well, I I have one last question for you. And that is if you could go back 20 years whoops, and give yourself medical advice, what would that oh be? Oh, my goodness. I think back and I think about the foods that I fed my children. They're now in their 30s. So this question is very, very good. <laughs> I wish I had been more educated, more aware of the power of food to heal and harm. I would definitely promote a whole food, real organic food. For me, that makes such a difference. And really focus on plants and fiber as opposed to calories. 
So there was a whole generation of us brought up on no fat. And the problem is they just said, just look at the calorie count and you'll be fine. Well, as a result, sugar just became a part of our, for me, it was part of my lifestyle where I thought, oh, as long as it doesn't have fat, I'm okay to eat that licorice, right? I can have as many licorice sticks as I want because there's no fat in it. But in the meantime, it was causing all kinds of issues for me because of the sugar. I would also eat more fermented foods. And I would just be very aware of the power of food to food, processed food to harm. So I would have stayed away from the refined sugars. I would have stayed away from the refined oils and the refined processed foods, probably not eat the the boxes that with the barcodes and expiration dates. I would have been looking at artificial coloring and preservatives. And now I just focus on eating plants. It's wonderful. And I think like, is this plant going to give me a lot of fiber? And is it going to be a new one that I'm going to feed another strain of organisms? Yeah. Hey, sure, I'll try that dragon fruit. I've never had a dragon fruit, and it's amazing. Yeah, I love it. So, yes, you'll find me use all different kinds of vegetables in my fermentations just because I want to introduce and reinvigorate the strains that are in our gut and may possibly introduce some new ones. Well, that's amazing, <laughs> and I <laughs> I can't wait until Moonchi expands <laughs> and you can ship your things or yes <laughs> across the country so that more and more people have access to your I they look delicious. Oh, I have to be so honest sweet. with you. Just the photographs of them really look very appetizing. Oh I'm too. so glad. So. I'm so glad. And we are definitely working on the shipping. We are committed to working with glass as opposed to plastic. Plastics hurting our earth as well as our guts. So everything is right now is being packaged in glass. So we were shipping prior to the opening of our store and we were finding just so many problems with our shipping that we decided to put it on hold, wait for the store opening, and then really focus on helping people get their products to their f- other members of their family. My mom could use this. My grandma could use this. Right. <laughs> so we'll definitely have a long we'll, list. We're definitely going to make that happen. Yes. Thank you so very much for your time. I really have enjoyed our conversation. Oh, Sarah, you're wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for asking me to be here with you. I love talking about food, as you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) And the power of the food to heal. It's just my joy. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. For over 25 years, I was a teacher, and one of my greatest joys in life is seeing people light up when they have an aha moment. It is pure magic. I've now combined teaching with my knowledge of health into live workshops. I teach throughout the country about gut health and how to transform your health. If you'd like to know when I'll be in your city, subscribe to my newsletter in the description of this podcast.